This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Previously on Homestale Radio going to do what are we going to do because it's constantly them making bad decisions nothing comes out about it nothing's ever said about it and these these mistakes continuously continuously happen this is somebody's job and they're making mistakes and i understand mistakes happen they have oh. to come out and accept that mis- these mistakes are being made and they need to be addressed because well, they're losing is- games Michael Oliver is biased towards big clubs. In, in particular, he was biased against Palace and for Man United. Or, if that's not the case, if he's, you know, if he wants to defend his integrity and say, no, that is not the case, Chris, I'm sorry, you're wrong, well, then I would say he's completely inept as a referee and should be anywhere near the professional game. That is my opinion of Michael Oliver, right? So, for him then to go ahead and exacerbate the situation by, by you know, how can you be walking away from that and laughing about it? You know, and that shows the degree of care he has, you know, in in his own job. Completely, Chris. He's made a fatal mistake doing the job that he does day in, day out. If you do, you know, if you're a salesman and and you muck up a sale, you leave you leave the office with your head held down. You know, you don't you don't be an idiot about it. Um, the QPR have to start at the very least have to start the season next year in the conference, uh, no less than what they deserve, and. No, and their fans are all dickheads, basically, so that, that is my professional way of ending the show. <laughs> Bye, QPR, your fans are all dickheads. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening and welcome to Homestay Radio. I am your host, Chris Hambling, and I will be attempting to guide you through our analysis of a week that ended with Palace once again spoiling a Liverpool party. With me tonight are Patrick O'Connor. Good afternoon. You and your time difference. Nick Gillard. You're all right. Yeah. I don't know what that noise was. That'll be one for the intro next week. <laughs> and Alex White. Bonsoir, Christopher. Bonsoir. Bonsoir, monsieur. Uh, avez-vous? Anyway. Um, no, right. Uh, th- that lineup has changed. Terence Ford has had to uh, pull out at the last moment. That's what she said. And uh, Joe Holyoke is still on his way back from France, so apologies if you were expecting those two gentlemen. So they settled for me. He wasn't here, actually. What? Joe's been fishing all over Facebook, he's been jailed with fish. He'd only carved on about it all, so he's lucky he's not here. 
Brilliant. Let me let's let's get on with this. <laughs> um, get in oh, touch with us today via all the means listed on H O Radio. Oh God, H O L Radio net forward slash contact throughout the show, and we'll cover as much of what you have to say as we can. Uh, also go to the chat room H O L Radio net forward slash chat where Nick will be lurking. I'm sure. Uh, we'll be back just a moment to talk about the 3-1 victory at Anfield. They gave Palace a first away victory against Liverpool since 1991 in the league and a first ever Premier League double. First up, it's News in Brief. Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. This week saw the launch of the new kits. The home shirt maintains the traditional red and blue vertical stripes with yellow trim, with the adoption of a new asymmetrical style, which means like you've got a red arm on one side and a blue arm on the other side. The new away shirt is white with two central red and blue vertical bands. That's been inspired by the famous sash kits of the past. Scott Dan has won Crystal Palace's Player of the Year award for the 2014-15 season after gaining the most votes from those what went to the awards. The defender added his name to the long list of Eagles legends who have won the prize in the past and walked away with the trophy covered in Nutella sponsorship, if I remember rightly, after featuring in all but four but league games and proving to be a solid presence at the heart of the Palace defence. Mila Ugedinak won gold of the season and their very own Chris Hambling missed out on winning the fan of the season award, which went to Lou Arnold. Yes, that was thanks to our Don't Vote for Chris campaign that uh, myself, Patrick and Joe waged the other week when you were away, Chris. I was very happy about that, and congratulations to Lou, a deserved winner. Yes. Crystal Palace Football Club are pleased to announce that Jason Punchin, one of our own, and Damien Delaney, have signed new contracts with the club. Winger Punchin, who has scored five times in 37 games in all competitions this season, has prepared to pay for a new contract until June 2019. While Delaney will extend his year stay at SC25 by further 12 months. News in Brave. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com Anyway, um, Nick, did you actually have something you needed to say? Or was it now way, 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 way too late? Well, if if listeners rewind or listen to the podcast, they'll refer to us as Ho Radio, which is completely different. it is very different. It's it's, it's one of my other radio shows, which is why I got confused. (laughs) Um, I'd like to start by, because um, we got a lot of four-word reviews in, oh, I'm struggling to speak today. Um, I, I'd just like to start with a few and then end with a few, just to sort of bookend our, um, our chat about the game, because obviously it's a fantastic result. Some very, very happy people. So if I pick the um, pick a few of the highlights from Facebook in the four-word reviews, you've got um, Peter Anthony said, uh, great game, greater result. Is greater a word, Nick? It is, isn't it? Greater than, less than. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Don't know why. Why do I even ask that question? Greater London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Is it a word? Yes, I think it is. Yeah, it's a word. Yeah, you, yeah. All right. Damn it. All right, we got there. We got there. Yeah, we got there. Yeah. I just got, got to confused. know your superlatives, Chris. Ah, oh, you're right. I do got do got to know my superlatives. <laughs> Gareth, Gareth Jones has gone for an established <laughs> Premier League team. 
<laughs> and Dan Scott has gone for Grumpy Scouser's Party Ruined. Um, Sam Blackwell went for Gatecrashed the Party and also went for Didn't Read the Script. Oh, there's loads in here. Tony Piers, oh, Tony, it should be on next week, has gone for Finally Kelly in Centre. Uh, I'll explain Ramsey's after this. It's His one was Hambling Oversleeping Brings Luck. We'll come back <laughs> to that in a second. Um, Dale Martin has gone for Punchin's Hidden Whisper Worked, which has obviously got a lot of attention on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Matthew Mason's gone for First Big Away Scout. Um, Simon Pronger, thanks Liverpool, six points. And um, Darren Weaver with Palace, enjoy Party Punch, which I really do like. Very good one, that, Darren. Um, so anyway, Ramsey's referring to the fact that I had a minibus leaving for the game at 9am and I woke up at 11.30am. Um, just a bit of advice, if you're ever plugging your phone into charge, which I did, uh, just check that the other end is safely plugged in as well or it doesn't actually charge and just turns itself off and your alarms don't go off and then you miss one of the best games you'd ever likely to have seen and feel quite angry about it. <sighs> just, I'm, I'm just, yeah, it's still, it still hurts to be quite honest with you. Um, so look, a bit of analysis, let's get straight into it. Um, Big changes in the lineup. Uh, five main changes, if you like. Um, Pardew saying an eye on next season, so we're not really looking about. It's not so much experimentation. It's about you know giving some clues as to what he's thinking in terms of the lineup going into next year and what posi- whether people might be able to fill you know fill the gaps that he thinks that there are. So let's have a little chat about what we saw. First of all, gentlemen, Wayne Hennessy starts the game. Um, how, how did he do, Alex? As did everything that was asked of him. I think really. Um... Uh, it's, it's so hard to judge Hennessy, isn't it? I don't. It's, for me, it's when people say, "Oh, you know, Sproni should be dropped. We should play Hennessy." Um, we can't really judge him because we haven't seen the bloke play. Um, I just don't know. I don't know about him personally in the long term. It's lovely to see a keeper kick the ball past the uh, past the halfway line. That's nice. That's very nice. Um, but yeah, he didn't really have much to deal with, did he? Really, other than other than when they scored, which took a horrible deflection. So you don't know if he would have saved that anyway. Yeah, the deflection was pretty telling in that one. Um, distribution was was definitely interesting, wasn't it? Um, view view on that, Nick. Yeah, his distribution was was a lot better than Speroni. He kicks it further, and it's a lot, lot um, more accurate. I I feel. Um, I think he slotted in. You know, he didn't have any uh, any nerves, did he? He slotted down quite easily. No, looked very very comfortable. I think he's a, a capable backup. I'd still pick Julian over him, but you know, if well, that that, that really if, you is know, if Julian goes, is yeah, he's a suitable backup. But that, that, I don't think I think Julian's got another season in him. That really is the question. What do you think, Alex? You laugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, what? I no, I no, I wasn't la- I wasn't laughing at Nick. I was laughing at, at you, Chris. I just find what? you quite funny. Wait, what I mean, did I do? Take nothing. I just generally as a person. But anyway, on Palace, <laughs> yes, of course. Um, Sproni. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't drop Sproni yet. Because the problem is people can say he's made mistakes this season, but whatever he's done well far outweighs the things that he does wrong. And the things that he does wrong often get picked up on because we're not used to seeing that. And goalkeepers make mistakes and it happens, but he's still a formidable goalkeeper at this level. Mm. All right. Still not happy about the laughing. <laughs> Patrick Patrick, your thoughts on Hennessy, please. Clearly there's a Pro Julian and a uh, and a pro Hennessy camp. Um, yesterday again, I like you like you guys just said. I don't think Hennessy did anything wrong, but he really wasn't tested at all. He didn't have to make a save. I think he made one save all match. 
Um, distribution is excellent. He really does kick the ball very, very far, um, which is which is good to see. But you know, I, I have I have no issue with people who want Hennessy to play. You got to base it more, you know, on more than the three matches I've seen him play personally, and playing against Dover. So I think Julian's still the number one. Uh, but it's great to have a backup like Hennessy, and if he is put in there at some point, I hope he does a really good job. Okay, um, I was just hearing some uh, some Skype sounds in the background. Not sure who that is. Apologies for that if you hear them at home. Um, Nick, early visit to the chat room, please. A couple of comments. Early visit to the um, yeah, um, Eagles sixty seven sixty four. Hennessy has better distribution as Baroni. A quick game too. Hennessy should come in as number one, but not yet. Booted Eagle. Um, Hennessy, Sean Connery, Hennessy should be given a chance. And also in the chat room, we've got a 1987 Palace uh, first-time live listener because um, his other half's come down to London. Um, he's in Leicester. He's got the kids in bed asleep and uh, he's uh, listening to the show. Hope he's got a beer on. <laughs> exactly. So, well, welcome to the uh, live family at the yeah, chat room, tellradio.net slash chat. It really does help to have a beer while listening to this, and also while trying to present it. I haven't done that today, and I'm regretting it massively. Um, <clears throat> all right, so that I mean that for me, for me, Hennessy, he joined the club with a view to becoming number one, and he, I don't believe he wants to wait. You know, another another year after this, um, I don't know. You know, J- Julian's got such such a reputation and rightly so at the, at the club and he's still viewed as number one as we end the season um, so I don't know really what where that leaves us I think Hennessy Hennessy I did it as well Hennessy has <laughs> shown that um, you know that he's a competent keeper at this level whether we can say he's good backup or, or ready to be in the first team as, as you're saying he's not really um, not really played enough for us to, to make a, a sound judgement but all I would say is is exactly what you indicated Nick he was comfortable he looked confident um, and the distribution is is actually a very important thing because although he can smack the ball probably three quarters of the length of a pitch um, you know pretty accurately he was landing on Schmack's head quite a lot and it's, it's really good to see but he's also not shy of, uh, of rolling it out to, to the wide areas as, as well so I think that's actually quite a, a key area going forward and that might see him um, really push Julian Sproni in the um, you know from the very very start of next season and I wouldn't be surprised to see him line up uh, against Swansea so uh, midfield two we've been talking about this a lot it was uh, James MacArthur and Joe Ledley uh, start with you Patrick how did they perform and did we miss Jedinak in there when I first saw the lineup, I, you know, again, I'm a big Jednak fan, but I thought they were both excellent yesterday. Um, my only thing with them is obviously is the goal scoring and the assist parts. But honestly, uh, MacArthur was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Um, the, he was all over the field and Ledley did his job. Again, the thing with Ledley was he had those two chances popped up in a box and he, you know, he really <sighs> missed his lines. But besides that, they were both excellent. Um, so I don't, I can't, yesterday was not a game I could say, you know, we should have played Jedi. I wouldn't like it. A full, so I'll, I'll pass on that comment this week. It's interesting. I was looking at these stats on Squawker uh, over the players, and, um, and Mila Jednak is still quite comfortably rated as the highest scoring midfielder despite playing less games than the other two. But obviously, that's it's noticeable that he's taken penalties and he had a direct free kick as well. So the goals probably helped that a great deal. So obviously, Ledley and MacArthur uh, are not big scorers of goals, but um, certainly. Yeah, go on. Real quick, I, I went on that. I went on Squawker too. Uh, Ledley and MacArthur have zero assists this year. They both have two goals each. And in our midfield, Punchin has seven, Balassi six, Zaha three, and Jednak has three. So they have to up that in some way, their assists. But again, the way they played yesterday was just absolutely brilliant. But they have yeah. to up their statistics at some point. Do you think Ledley was good yesterday? 
I um, did. I, I again, besides the two missed chances, I thought he played very, very well. I, I, I'll um one thing. Well, what I say to, to about Joe Ledley is that he was uh, at the start of the second half. He was the only player to still have a hundred percent passing accuracy exactly. on, on either side, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think he played the role he was asked to play very, very well. But you know. He got obviously he got that very that, that shot very very wrong early on, um, and you know he should have done an awful lot better than that. And as as such, I was looking on the um, on both Homestyle and um, on the BBS, reading the match threads, and, and people were incredibly critical of Ledley in the first half. Is that where you're coming from, Alex? Yeah, it was just he kind of Lalana and Coutinho kind of ran rings around him for me. Um, you know, I said earlier in the season about me not being MacArthur's biggest fan. I don't think at times MacArthur's style of play helps Ledley a lot because MacArthur um, is reasonably rash. He goes quite, he goes forward quite a lot, and will kind of just he, he runs and charges and, and doesn't keep that discipline in the midfield that we expect from mm. kind of Jednak, who kind of just sits in front of that back four. And I don't think that helped Ledley in a lot of ways in that first half. And I think that was realised in the second half because I thought they were both a lot better. Um, it left it left Ledley a little bit exposed. Um, but I, I didn't think it was dreadful, but I just think he struggled to keep up with Lallana mm. and Coutinho especially. Um, I'm going to bring Nick in on this, but would you would you rather have seen Jednak instead of the Ledley? Is that what you're saying? I just I just think I, I wouldn't play Jednak now for the rest of the season, is my oh, honest right. opinion. I said that, you know, we said it, I think it was last week, I just said it, I think he needs a rest. I just, I just say leave him out for the rest of the season. We know what he can do. And people saying that, that they think Jednak should go or they think he's going to go, it's ridiculous. You know, he's our captain. A couple of bad games doesn't make you a bad player. Everyone knows what he can do for this club. Um, and I was about, it, to, um, I was about to say, I think it's going to be his swan song against Swansea. No way. Why? Who's going to let him shame. go? Pardew knows exactly what he's about. He's seen. He's been yeah. in the Premier League long enough. He's experienced enough to see that, and it hasn't worked for for Jednak for whatever reason. But it's going to be a long summer. We're going to have to find our brand, our identity, and especially Pardew. He changes the way we play a lot, and that means that having a variety of different players that offer different things is going to be extremely vital next season. And that's mm. why I think Dwight Gale has a lot of potential next season. Um, different players have a lot of potential. I've never seen it, a manager change as much as Pardew does. It, so it, having it, that variety is going to be essential. He does, but he's generally the sort of the guy, especially given he's the club captain, sort of guy who's going to accept being in and out of the team depending on the um, you know depending on the opposition. I'm not so sure. Uh, sorry, well, he's got to play well on. enough. He's got to play well enough, though, isn't he? He will yeah. understand. He's a professional at the end of the day. If he knows, if he plays well enough, if he plays outstanding one game, he's going to play the next game. He knows well, that. Okay, on the, on that theme, Nick, just to sort of complete your point, is Mila Jednak capable of playing the kind of football we saw yesterday? Which, although early doors were under pressure, was a bit you know a bit long. Uh, as we got confident in the game, it was lots of short passing and moving. Is is Mila Jednak capable of that? I think yes. Um... But he's got to get back into the Palace groove first, and that's the difficult thing. I, I, I think we played into who, who was it who used the word on whole radio? Attackive. We need to. We needed to be more attackive <laughs> yesterday, and um, and uh, I don't think Yedinax got that attackiveness. Yeah, maybe he hasn't. I noticed uh, Richard Little on Twitter is actually asking uh, the same question with the technical players we have now. Is there a place for Jedna? I think we've failed to uh, answer that question, but let's uh, give Patrick a go. Go on, Patrick. Well, very quickly, um, yesterday just proves how we can play with the quick passing. Um, you don't need to have everyone doing it. If you've got Shemak and Punchin and, and uh, Lee Chung-Yong uh, and Balassi playing the way they played yesterday, if 
and of course McCarthy. You don't really necessarily need, you know, you give you can give him a, you can give a Jedi a, a two yard pass and just give you know give and go. You don't need to have you know got everybody pulling the string. So I think what he played yesterday, especially in the second half, he can do what we what we had to do, need him to do yesterday, and he'll pop up in the box. And again, uh, late in the game, because they can penalty kick, he can score. So I think depending on you know uh, who we has around him, he can definitely play in the role of either MacArthur or Ledley. Okay, well, seems it's a very positive response, really, that you, you guys think that he can probably do it. I'm personally, I'm not, I'm not convinced at the moment, and it's not, not so much a criticism of Jednet because I am a, a, a huge fan of his, but um, I, I, it's I can a, it's see a dip in form. It's a dip in form. Oh, I hope so. I hope there's so. me defending him, yeah. Yeah, I'll you know, competition, competition for places. Look, we know maybe some of it was tongue in cheek, but we all know we, what he can do when our backs are against the wall. He's the first player one in the team, but the party is playing in such an expansive way now that we're not a backs against the wall team anymore. So he kind of loses that that place in it for that reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just think he's got to adapt, and, and he's, he's shown signs of it in certain games. Um, you know, but. Just yeah, I, I've no, I couldn't, I couldn't help noticing that a few people were saying we just look a little bit easier through the middle, passing wise in possession, without Jednak in there. Um, which is, you know, I, I'm aware of the the assists he's got, and quite often a, a Mila Jednak sort of plays, you know, long balls over the top of defence. He's very good at doing that, um, which you don't really get that from from our central midfield. He comes, t- tends to come from the back when we play a long pass uh, without him in the side. So I, I just I, don't. You know, Sorry, I just don't think we can judge until we get a fully fit Mile Jednak at the start of next season. You yeah. know, I think that's the time to judge is he capable of coming in there now because we know the Jednak that we've seen in recent weeks. That's not that's not the Mile Jednak that we know and and we've said that could play higher than than what we that we can possibly give him. You know, he he is better than that. Um, give him a preseason, give him some rest, see what he can do next year. If it doesn't happen next year for him, then then we can say that. But right now, I just don't think we can kind of make the call. Is he good enough? Is he not yet? Personally, go on, Nick. Finish that off. Jedi needs to force his way back into the team. Can we move on, please? Because we 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 talk about this lot every week. Can we, are we going to badmouth the ref first, or are we going to talk about Kelly's woeful? Hey, we're going to badmouth the ref later on. Um, I haven't <laughs> okay. finished with the with the, the, the talk line about up. the lineup really, because uh, there's a couple of other key things in there. Um, I'll talk about it. Was a quite a fluid attacking four, shall we say, of of Punchin, Shamak, uh, Chong Yong Lee, and Yannick Bellassi. Uh, Yannick Bellassi starting the game very central, um, but as the game the first half went on, or certainly after the first fifteen minutes when we were struggling, he started dropping wide a lot more, which which helped. Um, Shamak was excellent leading the line, um, but obviously came deep quite a lot, and that's when Yannick had to go central. Um, Chong Yong Lee again, he he became you know he started out wide left and. Came more of a central player as the game went on, uh, but you know Puncher was absolutely superb, um, just roaming the pitch, mainly you know starting off on the right, but but all over the place really. But um, so as a general, I mean, but let's put Lee out, Lee out of that equation first of all, I guess. Um, if I start with you, Patrick, first of all, what did you make of Lee's performance? Um, it was uh, difficult for me to tell. It was his first Premier League start since 2011, so you can tell that he hasn't gotten up to the speed of the Premier League again as he did when he first was in the league. But there were some bright spots. He popped up in some great uh, places for you know two chances. Maybe it was actually three chances during the match. But again, I, I personally think, we, we talked about it a little bit yesterday on Twitter, Chris, I think he's, he's a little better uh, central, but we paid yeah. him out wide yesterday. So I think if we have him more central, he'd be a little bit more effective. Not to say that he can't play wide, because I think you can. You could tell yesterday he's got the ability to play wide. He's got the skill 
Um, he you know pops in the back post, etc. But I just think it just I think he's a little better in the middle. But I think there were some good signs for him. I don't think he played a great match yesterday, but I wasn't disappointed in it. It's his first game, his first yeah. start for us. So he's got, he's got a lot of potential for sure. Good signing. Yeah. I think. There were um, there were plenty of of other people saying similar to yourself, saying that they think you know he's more suited to playing in the centre. Um, but funny enough, I always remember him as a right winger, and and I'm surprised we played him on the left side. You know he can't. Right. But right. I think I think he's you know certainly when he's trying to play his way into match fitness and trying to play his way into the side. I think getting him in his natural position on the right wing might have been a bit more interesting. Uh, Alex, what was your view? Uh, I thought he had a pretty poor game. You know, I'm not, I'm not, not me being negative because I think he'll come good, but it's his first start since breaking his leg. Um, yeah, he, he was rusty. He was rusty. I think that's the way to describe it. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot more to bring. We know that. Pardew's promised us that he's got a lot more to bring I thought he had a poor game if I'm honest I think he looked lively and he looked springy but you know you, you, at the moment it's just yeah it wasn't good enough really what are you laughing at now it looks springy springy <laughs> you never um, heard that for you springy aside, okay. lively roundabout yeah alright um, aside from his springiness Nick um, I thought his passing looked alright what, what's the view in the chat room and what's your view Nick He's talking, but his lips are moving, but he's not, you can't hear him. Yeah, he's left I'm, it on mute. There you go. Maybe it's once a season. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe five times a season I do that. Um, Crofton Glazier in WholeRadio.net's live chat says, Lee looks a bit lightweight to me. Early days, but he seems to be knocked off the book too easily at this level. John Program Seller uh, says he feels sorry for Chungi. He... Uh, he thinks he's still not really match fit. He showed flashes of how good he can be, and needs a good preseason first to see how good show how good he is. Totally agree with that. Uh, we, bought, we bought the guy when he was injured for for goodness sake. And he, he's always he's one of these players. Is where Johnny Williams would get the ball and go sideways, whether he gets the ball and goes forward. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's more direct. You're quite right. Good player. Patrick, I couldn't. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I think you might have dropped off. Um, I have, right. a, uh, I have a theory about why by the side on the left hand side though. I think the way okay. you played yesterday, I think Suarez was bombing down the left hand side a lot more, which is the same side of him. So I think he was part of, maybe he was going to have him maybe cut in a little bit more. And I think on the other side, obviously, Puncher started on the on the right with uh, with Ward, and Ward doesn't really get forward as much as Suarez does. So maybe that was the reason why. Um, Maybe wanted to kind of see Suarez, you know, overlap a little bit more than and have Chung play the more central. So that's a little thought. Well, so we'll definitely talk about Suarez in a bit. Actually, yeah, you're right. He, he did get he did get forward, but I mean, certainly, I thought the team as in general struggled very early on. You know, Liverpool yeah. were quite dominant in that first ten to fifteen minutes. Um, well, you know, we defended pretty well, and uh, although like I said the ball was going long, the crucial thing for me was that we stopped doing it. Um, we talked about it the other week, didn't mm. we? We were saying that I was saying that I think. I think I was giving Jedinak a bit of grief about it, saying, you know, as captain, you know, he should be, should be, you know, showing for the short ball and saying, God, we've got to stop this. It's, it's, you know, we're not getting any effect. And, you know, we weren't getting the ball in behind. It was, it was a lot of Balassi having to challenge, you know, experienced centre-backs in the air, whereas you saw what he could do to, to Lovren on the ground, you know, later on in the game. Um, but we weren't really playing to our strengths in those, that first 15, 20 minutes. And typically, I guess... You know, as we got a grip on the game, you know, Jason Punchin in particular, 
um, was, was starting to to play phenomenally well and buzzing around and creating all sorts. And you know, we we had a few little chances, didn't we? And and then obviously Kelly makes that mistake for the goal. You know, we've won the ball back sort of um, after sort of attacking well, and then Dan signals for a, you know points to Wayne Hennessy and says, you know, play it there, and then. Kelly left foot over hits the pass towards Dan, but just plays mm. a perf- perfect through bar for through bar through ball. What was was that actually you making that noise, Nick, or was that Mikey playing that noise from the other week? <laughs> that was me making that noise again. It's really off putting to suddenly hear you with a sort of satisfied moan while I'm talking. <laughs> am, I, am I exciting you in some way? Anyway. If it annoys you, I'm going to do it all the time. <laughs> it really is distracting. Anyway, so um, the boys, he threw ball to Lalana. He goes through and scores. Um, obviously mentioned earlier, um, that it was a deflection on the shot as Kelly's tried to get back there. Um, before we sort of criticise Kelly, I will make a point of saying that he stopped a certain goal earlier to that uh, by getting to Jordan Henderson sort of almost out of nowhere because Henderson had walked between a gap between uh, Dan and Suarez just in the area and was about to pull the trigger and, and Kelly was just straight in there and cleared for a corner so you know he'd actually done pretty well up to that point but sort of terrible mistake really wasn't it Nick? Well it's typical bloody Palace isn't it you do so well and, and something goes wrong in some way that, that's, that's part of being a Palace fan it's you just have to accept these things happen no. Uh, fair enough. That's why I see it. It's <laughs> just palace. Yeah, it is. We want to get rid of that. <laughs> He's quite palace. philosophical about it. Oh, he didn't do it deliberately, did he? <laughs> no, yeah. he didn't. He didn't. It's all about um, the effort. Yeah. All right. Uh, there was there was an awful lot of criticism of him. Again, it, I, I'm trying to make the point. And I will be throughout this analysis that I actually think that Kelly had a very very good game, but um, he's almost there to. I wouldn't say he's the. The whipping boy, if you like, but he does does seem one of those who's a bit easier to criticise than others. What did you think, Alex, of his performance? I thought he was good. Um, yeah, I think if he hadn't made that mistake, I think a lot of people would have said he had a really comfortable game as a centre half. Um, it's obviously difficult playing out of position, out of fullback, but then kind of getting used to playing out of position, then coming back into position, probably quite uncomfortable. You know, next to a centre half, he's not used to playing centre half with. Um, it, it's never easy. You know, it's, it's a transition. But I thought I thought he coped well. Um, now the question is Delaney signed a new deal is, is Martin Kelly and, and Scott Dan our partnership for next season who knows I personally can't see it because I think that lacks pace I think we need to add a, a quicker centre half but I, I suppose that's a different argument um, well on that question what do you think Patrick is Kelly uh, you know actually a shout to take Damien Delaney's place from the start of next season I like what I saw yesterday from him a lot and um you know, you give him a lot of credit. He gave the ball away, but you know who made the sliding uh, intervention was him on the line. He ran. He's actually quicker than people give him credit for. He's the one that got back in the box and made the sliding attempt just to block the, the shot. So he's not as slow as people think. And what I liked about the Dan Kelly combination is you don't, you don't see those long balls at the back as we have with Mr. Delaney. Um, uh, we looked to play the ball at the back a lot more yesterday, which is really, really good to see. The fullbacks were more comfortable on the ball. Kelly was comfortable on the ball. Dan is absolutely brilliant on the ball and makes great passes. So... I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, and worst-case scenario, he's a, he's a tremendous backup. So, and I, actually like, I, like, I liked him yesterday better at centre-back than I have at full-back all season. So I think there's a definitely potential there for him to, to slot in there next season. Anything, uh, what, what the, happened, anything from the chat room, Nick, uh, relating to, to Kelly or anything like that? No, just um, Naked Golf Guy 99 said uh, NBC highlights showed that uh, Dan was pointing for Kelly to pass the ball back to Hennessy. 
Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I can't say I noticed that. 1987, Palace said he thinks we should sign Corker. Go back in for him. I no. wouldn't like no. to do that at all. No. no. He's not at the best times for QPR, let's just put that mildly. Um, I don't know what to think about Kelly. I, you know, I've, I've not been one who's criticised him as much as most. I think, you know, he had a spell at left back where he, he looked excellent. Um, mm. Certainly more comfortable than he'd looked at right back. Um, but, he, you know, he sees himself as a centre back. And, and I certainly think, you know, he showed the right instincts as a centre back yesterday. Um, obviously, you've got to play. Mm. It's, no, it's nothing. Is that, there's that noise again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even. Don't realise I'm doing it. <laughs> Getting old. No, you've got, you've got that, um, you know, you've, you, until you've played regular games and particularly built up a, a regular centre-back partnership, it's hard to call too, to anything too early. But um, I like the fact that, that, you know, he was making the same sort of last-ditch tackles you get from Delaney, but he wasn't having to sort of slide along the ground with, a, you know, with an absolute, you know, uh, win-or-bust kind of challenge. He was... He was Anticipation was pretty good, and you know he's not quick, and neither's Dan. And I wasn't massively comfortable seeing Dan shift over to be the left-sided centre back as well. Mm. I thought Kelly would actually slip into that position, so that was a little bit odd for me. But um, there's certainly promise there, in my view. Um, so anyway, yeah, we did we did concede that goal. It was very very disappointing to do so, uh, and you wondered what would happen from there. Obviously, the the whole occasion was this huge. Stephen Gerrard wankfest, and you know, obviously Stephen Gerrard is, you know, it's been a great player, um, and I can understand it to a point. But as a Palace fan, it was horrendous to actually witness. Um, and then, yeah, and then this goal goes in, and it's just you're just thinking, oh, here we, here we go, you know, brilliant. Um, <laughs> Someone's up <but>, it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, it's all tinged with the fact that I missed the sodding games. Oh, uh, of course. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, but we went. I feel we a little sh- bit let down, Chris. Actually, by you mm. not going, it's, it, we, we, we pride ourselves on this show of normally having somebody who's been to a game on the show. And you know, you're our man. You've got you know, man with disposable income and everything. And I, I, oh, I, here I, we I go. Feel that you've got to listen to a little bit. If it helps, I've got the ticket still. It just doesn't just didn't happen. Fancy <laughs> sending a tweet. At what time have you sent a tweet? It said if you can get there really quick, you can have it for face value. Yeah. I just sold it for a five just to get rid of it. I bet somebody no. bought Well, you know, it's worth it. the, 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 the ironic actually, thing. If I'd I could have actually paid for a plane ticket if I'd actually if I'd sold the ticket when I got there, you know. <laughs> Um, no, I don't know how much a, um, an unused um, Stephen Gerrard's ticket is going to be worth on eBay because you haven't uh, taken your stub off. That's true. I haven't taken my stub off. Blame it, mate. <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry, I'm digressing. Thanks. Yeah, you, you were digressing. Yeah, cheers for that. Appreciate it. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football um so obviously yeah one nil down fearing the worst and straight up the other end we've talked about it already the ledley miss you know yannick balassi's run down the right crossed it in clearance uh, off the sort of back heel of the liverpool defender feels straight to joe ledley you think he's going to side foot it into the corner quite nicely and i don't know i don't know what he was thinking led back sort of you know it's a good cover he does it quite a lot don't you think He's, he's, he he's done it a lot this season, yeah. I mean, Spurs, I remember Spurs, he did it against Spurs away. Yes. Twice it, that game, Patrick. Very disappointing. It, you know, you expect, you need, like we've talked about, I know, Patrick, you're big on, on goals from midfield, and, you know, that's that's exactly the sort of thing we're talking about. That should be a goal. And, you know, that's the sort of thing where Ledley's place could be at risk to, to, to us going out and getting someone who's going to put those away. Um you know, because cause he's, he's not scoring enough from central midfield. And, and in all honesty, neither is James McArthur as, as great a player as he's, be, as he's been. You know, we've got yeah. to get goals from other areas. And, yeah, that, that could have been a key moment. And, and, well, not long after that, you know, Balassi's missed as well. He's been put in on the right-hand side of the penalty area um, by Punchin after a long run by Jason Punchin, um, which pretty much everything we did was coming through punch and um, yeah so he, he, he sort of slid and took a shot at the same time and it deflected off the defender although that was given it was given as a goal kick it looked like he um, sort of hit it sideways but he actually did come off the defender so he probably should have scored there and then straight after that Punchin has a shot that deflects off the defender heading for the bottom corner and it's a good save and you know all of a sudden we should be 3-1 up you know three genuine chances that we probably should have put away and um, you know so you're, you're fearing the worst and then to cap it all off Lee Chong Young does it as well. Uh, don't you remember the corner? Alex back sort of, sort of floated out to James MacArthur, heads it back in, um, sort of flicks off a Liverpool defender and go Chong Young Lee right in the penalty area, volley high and wide. Uh, what were yes. your thoughts? So you're, you're that period of game. You've just seen us miss four chances. What are you thinking? Oh no, it's one of those days. <laughs> one of those days where you're a Crystal Palace fan. Yes, these things happen. But do you know what? Uh, you know, we were we were pretty poor up until Liverpool scored. Really, I don't remember us really touching the ball until till they scored. Then they scored, and then we just went like, let's just chuck the kitchen sink at them. And Gerard like fell to the floor and was just abysmal. Did anyone else mention how bad he actually was yesterday? Other than that, a free kick. The, Funny enough, funny enough, Stephen Gerrard mentioned how bad he was. Did you see his left footed yeah. shot as well? Oh, that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. My favourite thing about that shot he missed, because we're not going to talk too much about Liverpool, so I might, we might as well talk about it now. He, <laughs> he, he screwed it like ridiculously wide, embarrassingly wide. It was like it's like I took the shot. It was that bad. Well, Chris, and, come on. And <laughs> what? But the commentator, I think it's Alan Smith, goes, oh, that would have been a great goal. <laughs> so probably a second, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would have been a great goal if he hadn't sort of shot at an impossible angle for no good reason. Yeah, and wasted. Anyway, bizarre. Yes, I thought it was well, going to afternoons, but it was nice to see us creating chances, and that's the lovely thing now. You know, even say. after the last management, I w- I won't criticise it because it was successful. But um, it's nice to see us go one nil down and actually feel that we we probably stand a better chance at one nil down than we do at nil nil. That's the you know that's the current thinking really for for Palace fans at the moment. With Pardew's got the best best points from from a losing position in the whole Premier League ever um, and I just feel really confident because something changes we, if we could do that from the start we'd probably be a top 10 side exactly no it's, it's a it's a great truth what you, you just said there we do we do look a better team when we go a goal down um, it's you know this is it go on Nick is it a greater truth 
Yeah, it is a greater truth. Yeah, thanks for that. Hambo. <sighs> yeah. The stats are we've trailed 25 times this year. We are 6, 3, and 16. We've got 21 points from losing position. We're just best in the entire league. Yeah, there you go. We've trailed 25 times. That's a lot of times. That's <laughs> it really is, yeah. The game. That's actually pretty pathetic when you think about it, really. <laughs> it is. It's really, yeah. Um, Exciting, though. Yeah, what do you? Th- I mean, what's it say about? Does, I mean, you can think of the positive things it says about the club, uh, as well as the negative, I guess. Um, you know, the positive being that we've got a, we've got a, a good mentality that you know we don't give up, and you know we we and also we've got a manager who knows how to get back into games, knows tactical changes that need to be mm. made, substitutions that need to be made. There's that noise again, <laughs> 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 and. Um, you know that that's that's the positive side of it. Obviously, the negative side of it is what the hell? Why is it? What's the thing that's missing that stops us doing it from the very very start? Um, whoever's giggling the least can answer that question. Well, you know, how do we solve this problem about going behind all the time, or do we need to drink some Red Bull? Wake up earlier? I don't know. Come on, it's, it's for Pardew to address. But he's always had that side to him. I don't I don't get it. We've got a team that's full of kind of energy and and just reacting to stuff I don't know I, I think that's going to become a trait of ours which unfortunately might not be the best for us but it'll bring some good times as well we just got to accept it you know it's like Pulis when we just kind of try to win 1-0 and if we didn't we'd lose 1-0 this is a bit more where well, we're going to go down fighting you know indeed well Chris, okay go on I, I have something I've always I've, you know I've, I've played I've coached for many years I've always thought goals come from two categories Either mistakes or great goals. There are no other types of goals. You think about how Palace give up goals. A lot of our goals are what we already consider mistakes. I mean, look at yesterday. That was a mistake. If you look at a lot of goals you give up during the season, they're just they're mistakes. If they're not mistakes, they're great goals. That like the free kick by Oscar. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of put your finger on how to stop either a mistake from happening or a great goal from happening. So, it's just football, really, isn't it? Yeah, I get the point you're making. Definitely. Um, it, I, I find I find it strange though. I, I think. For me, I think that there's got to be um, there's got to be something there's got to be something in in the in the team right. that we can we can change somewhere. This is just some very strange noises at the moment. I'm trying to ignore, but um, Nicholas, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, for me, there's got to you you know you can't keep relying on it. I suppose is where I'm coming from. You can't. I don't like this idea that we can always come back from a goal down because for me, so, you know, sometimes you're not going to do it. And it's the games like the Hull game and the West Brom game in recent memory where I think that's the kind of thing where I think if if we you know if we didn't have this annoying habit of going behind, then we wouldn't hand the advantage to a team that's then able to sit back. You know. Uh, particularly at home, I think you know. That, I think that's where you think about our poor home record. You know, uh, I think there's a lot in that. There's a lot about conceding first. But looking at looking at the way the teams played yesterday, I thought we played more like a home team, and Liverpool were more like the away team. The, the way the game panned out, I, I think we were more comfortable with the ball. It was it was. Well, you know, we, yeah, we once, completely once we'd conceded. Controlled the game. <laughs> yeah, once, yeah. once we conceded. Yeah, no, it's, it is a strange one. I, I completely agree with that side of it. it, it but we, we we dominated the game against Liverpool. You know, we act, we actually battered them in the end. We could have scored a lot, mm. a lot more than we did. Yes. That, that's true. Um, but but I think it helps that the onus is on the Liverpool to attack. And obviously, they had this whole huge distraction and whole, all the pressure of having to, you know, honour the legend that was Steven Gerrard. They had all of that against them, unfortunately for them. So, Chris, do you know the biggest thing in that respect? On. I just think they came up against a better team. And oh, they, I think. That, I think 
I think that's the god honest truth is that yeah, man yeah. for man, I genuinely believe we're we're a better team than Liverpool, man for man. I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I don't know. I haven't sat down and analysed it and looked at their players. Just look at those, our um, starting eleven yesterday and theirs. We're better than them, man for man. Yeah, I think you're pro- from a, certainly from Palace perspective. I think you're probably right. Um, there are players in that side. But the thing is, you you look at I mean, take, just take someone like Sterling, right? Sterling, on paper, you know he's he's got this massive reputation. You know he's played for England. He's you know scored international level. Um, and then you you compare. You say, well, obviously you would, you know, whether you've got Balassi or you've got, um, you know, Zaha, you'd, you'd you'd pick Sterling, right? But on the performance of yesterday, Sterling's nowhere near either of those two. And then you look at the same. So then you look at their back four, mate, like Lovren, Skirtle. Yeah, Lovren, Lovren, exactly. Lovren's a twenty million pound centre back and piece was, of rubbish. And it was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, they, uh, were, they, were, they just. It was exactly the same at Sellers. They just couldn't couldn't handle us, could they? They were they were pathetic, absolutely were, pathetic. They, Liverpool defence. They didn't feel like a team. They really didn't. Um, no. But let's not forget that Brendan that, Rodgers. Is that, like that's the what we've got. Manager, just remember that that pro, like Brendan Rodgers is the saviour of football. So let's always <laughs> just remember that that you know he's like basically Pep Guardiola. Let's just everyone just remember that, all right? Yeah, that's right. Next manager of uh, Real Madrid or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us today, give us your opinion. Um, you obviously go to hrlradio.net forward slash contact. Uh, you can contact us for a variety of ways there. Uh, it's at hrlradio on Twitter, of course. Got a couple of uh, tweets from earlier on. We're talking about uh, Chong Yong Lee and uh, CPFC Northeast also agreeing that he definitely needs to bulk up and not worry about his physicality. Also got Tom Samuel who's after anyone to burn him a copy of Liverpool game onto DVD. Probably, probably not going to answer that one right now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, I think look, we've just obviously we're just talking about a period where of, of the game where we've you know we've conceded and then missed four chances, and I think people were quite frustrated. Again, I went back and looked through the match threads to see what people's reactions were at the time. There was a lot of criticism of various players, uh, Joe Ledley and um, Pap Suarez, and, and obviously Martin Kelly getting the worst of it. Um, a lot of criticism of the system. A lot of people very much against Yannick Bellassi playing this sort of more advanced role, uh, which we'll have another little chat about in a minute. I know me and Patrick talked about that earlier, but I think we'll do that again uh, in a bit. But, um, you know, obviously it was frustration, really, that was talking there. There was a, a, And the display that was be- was becoming increasingly dominant for me. And what I really liked was that as the half went on, uh, Jason Punch and, and Maran Shamak started working closer together. Uh, and forming like a little partnership in there. And Shamak was absolutely superb in the time he was on the pitch. I almost didn't watch the game through twice, and I didn't notice it first time round just how good he was. I thought he'd done all right, but watching it second time round, he was, it was immaculate. His touch, it was absolutely brilliant. And when him and Punch and linked, it was you know it was te- telepathic the the way they sort of linked together. Uh, there was one moment where they put Joel Ward in the outside and Joel Ward's cross would have killed anyone if they'd actually connected to it. He hit it so hard. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's really, I was really encouraged by that. Um, so yeah, a little, little word from you guys on Marin Schumach. What do you think? Uh, sorry, I'll give it, let's start with Nick. That might help. I just love seeing Schumach back in the team yesterday. It was, it was everywhere. He was cracking back. Um, and as he said, his death touches to punction. It was um, was telepathic. It was like Murray and Gale last season, but betterer. But betterer. Not a word. Yes. It's not a I word. Know. I know it's not a word. <laughs> it's, but it's better than better. 
okay. No, I don't know. I just, I just thought I just thought the signs were there, and you know. But we we're getting towards you just getting to a point where you're thinking that you're going to run out run out of time in the first half, building a bit of momentum. Uh, Yannick Balassi just runs through, fouled on the edge of the area by Emre Chan. We get to yellow card, and probably, you know, the way the fact they ended that game with just one yellow card amazes me. About about five. I I know that obviously you can only have two, but you know what I mean. Um, and what a free kick it was, honestly. What I mean, when when he stepped, when Punchin stepped up, and I, I think this is where, if um, this is where it was, and I know we've got a couple of tweets on this already. It's the fact that you see him line it up, and you you think for all the world, we've just seen him score a free kick in the previous game from almost the same position against Man United. We remember his um, free kick against Manchester City. He's going to go around the wall into the big area that the keeper's left. It's obvious he's going to go there, isn't it? You know, and then you get the whole you know talking into the shirt kind of a thing. Uh, the Scott then Scott Scotty Dam wanders off and starts jumping up and down in the wall like a weirdo. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> punching you know punching hits it basically where Dan's head is when he's jumping, and Dan's already ducked down, and you know a couple of the other Palace lads have ducked down. Keeper's already planted his foot to go the other way. Um, and straight in there. And Punching was saying after the game that he just that he knew the keeper would have done his homework, and when he knew he's going to take a step to that other side. Um, so it just goes to show you the the attention to detail. But not only that, is it's the work that's gone into that. You know, Dan's role in it is incredibly important because he's he's basically been told to walk along the line from the ball to the keeper's eyes, if you like, so that the keeper's never really getting set as to what's going to happen. He never really gets a clue that anything might be happening. And he's got the distraction of Dan jumping up and down. And Punchin's, if you know, if you notice from the second he sort of starts his run up, he doesn't look up once. He's just looking at the ball because he already knows the whole picture in his head. It's one of, it's one of my mm. favourite free kicks I've ever seen Palace, Palace take. So I've eulogised about it. Who wants to eulogise about it next? Me. Uh, listen, you can absolutely tell that um, Palace put a, put a tremendous amount of work on their free kicks. Chris, you make a great point. Um, the way it was set up with Dan talking with MacArthur and punching for the free kick and then Ledley and Dan going in the wall and then getting out of the way for the free kick. But as a left-footed player, and I play, I'm, I'm, I play left-footed, it's so hard to put the ball into that part of the goal. Because mm. you've got to put so much whip on the ball. It's got to go whip and then go, you know, down. And you're absolutely right. Mininay would have thought the ball was going that direction. And, but he, you know, he takes a step to the right, which he should do, because the wall's covering the right-hand side. It's, it's, such, it's such a well-worked free kick. And I'm telling you right now, it's just a joy to see Pungent. He scored a goal against Man City and against, you know, and yesterday. Just, just picture-perfect free kicks. That you, it, It's just it's unbelievable. But again, it, it's the what they put into it. You can just tell they put a lot of work into it. I'm just really... I mean, just it's just really nice to see. It really is. It's been brilliant to see how much he's developed over this year with the free kicks and stuff. I I just want to go on an Alex like loving of um, punction because mm. had had um, had they been voting from from December, I think he'd have easily won Player of the Season. Mm. But punction's yeah. just almost a complete package now, and he's overshadowed a little bit like Will from Balassi. But but <laughs> Brian, when have we known a Palace side that's had? All these exciting players in it, and and we look like we can we can really really beat people. Also on the free kick, was it last week? We tried the clever free kick and nearly scored from it when we didn't. Yeah, have a it shot. was. Yeah, it was um, first half. Went yeah. out to the left and then crossed in. So we're mixing up the free kicks. It's it's leaving the opposition a bit confused. 
But um, well done for giving it all away, Chris, to any coaches that happen to be listening and hadn't quite noticed that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, obviously, any coach... It was very Stuart song. Hall, that, though, that description, I thought. Thanks. I'm not, no, actually, no, Dave, I'm not, not very happy about that. Um, <laughs> Alex, Alex, you got anything to say before, um, before I go to the, the tweets and stuff? No, I just I'd like to praise them. You know, they've obviously been working hard on the training ground with that one. Um, Dan and, and Ledley were very clever in the wall. They knew exactly what they were doing. It was quite weird to see Scott Dan there talking. I was thinking, I don't think he's going to have a strike from there. Uh, to be right. fair, I fancy him though with his turn that we'll talk about later on. I'm sure that one two with Balassi going forward, like the man's a machine. But um, it was just good. It was very clever, and they've been working hard on it. And it, and it proves, you know, that you can do that little bit extra on the training ground, and it can make all the difference in the game. Mm, definitely, and uh, yeah, and it's it is obviously a key part of the game as well. But it's not usually something I associate with Palace. And I have to say, this um, like I say, Patrick says, called it a development in punching, and it is a development in punching because I didn't. Yeah. None of us really knew he had this ability. You know, when he first lined up that free kick against Manchester City, you're thinking, why the hell is Jason Punching taking it? He's never taken <laughs> exactly. a direct free kick. That's a shot. <laughs> and then, then you see what he does. And you're like, oh, that's why. Um, and he's just it's inventive, and and it shows you that he's got one hell of a football brain you know that's and again that's not something that you probably would have said about him you know particularly if, you, if you've only seen him in a, play a handful of games the more we see him I think the more as a, as a fan base we're appreciating just how good he is and you know he's had to he's had to increase you know he's had to improve he's had to his form at, at times you know it's, it's no coincidence he was getting stick from some areas you know but he, you know on the show he was getting quite a lot of stick because you know he was having games where he just wasn't involved you know he would He'd be stuck out on the wing, and he, and you know, he'd accept that. He'd accept being out on the wing, and if the ball's not near him, he's not involved. And now he's been given, as as Paul Drew's called it, he's been given more responsibility. He's been told, you know, you've been the best player since I've I've been here. You know, now you've got to uh, you've got to live up to that week in, week out. You've got to go and get yourself on the ball. You've got to be the playmaker. And he is. He's our playmaker. He's our Steven Gerrard, if you like. Um, and it, it's been great to see. And I'm. What I was really, really happy about is the fact that he was playing in the same side as Shamak because we're having this. I'm having this sort of nightmare of how the hell we get Marion Shamak back in, and you can see from Pardew's comments. I like, nearly made that noise, then, Chris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all right. I'm gonna have to tune it out. But I didn't. I just interrupted you instead. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to. I just had to announce it. I nearly did, but stopped. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think you can use that noise to advertise a breakfast cereal of some kind. But anyway, I'll come back to that. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, he is, he is like our Steven Gerrard. He is, um, you know, and, and I got, again, I got perhaps a little bit of ridicule for talking about him being in, um, worthy of an England place. Look at how he played yesterday. If he can keep that level of consistency up, it's a no-brainer. You know, there are not many people with that level of technical ability who are English. You know, if... if you know, the overhyped Jack Wilshire can get in an England squad. Jason well, Punch playing like Cle- that. Cleverly's just about to be called up, which is absolutely disgusting. And I'll go on another FA, FA rant if I have to this week. But the fact that Cleverly can get called up and Jason Punch can't it makes me feel physically sick. Say again? Ash Young will get called up this time also, I think. He's played really well this year. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yes, but, but, but Cleverly is crap. No, I agree. I'm saying he, I think if you're gonna, you know, I think Ashley more in the mould of Jason Punchin. You know, Clevy plays a lot different midfield position than Punchin does. So you, I agree. There's no way Clevy should be anywhere near the size. That's a joke. So um, whatever. Just uh, I, have a quick, I have a quick point to make though, Chris, about um 
punching and, and Shamak playing together. Yeah, go on, go on. The only thing I'm going to say is that they can play together, but when they do play together, you need to have Balassi play the way he played yesterday because uh, Shamak drops deep just kind of like punching does, and there's really not a, 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 an out-and-out striker. So I don't think we could, you could play that way necessarily with Murray. If you put Murray in the side, then you got to lose, you're going to lose Balassi. So it's interesting how it played out yesterday having Shamak and punching it. I loved it, but again, we're not playing with a true striker, so it's a little bit of a different look. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes going forward. Yeah, you're, in there. yeah I agree with that. That's a, it's a good observation. But obviously, I, I think that you could... You say Balassi needs to play there. I think you can take Lee out the side, put Balassi where he was, or you oh, know, put Wilf there. And you can you can move you can move things about and still still accommodate that and still have an, an additional striker. I don't know. It's it's it, you know it's one of those things, isn't it? We talk about every week uh, what the strongest team would be, and it will change right. week week almost. But um, well, I, I, changing. We've only got one more game for a, for that dilemma for Pardew, haven't we? And then we've got the whole summer transfer thing, and we we see who he really does think of, and yeah, and who he. Who he brings in? It's going um, to be a fascinating summer. I, I want to get. Sorry, I just want to read out a couple of um, tweets relevant to the cricket we were discussing. Alex Johnson says, "Superbly crafted, aided by canny player movement in the wall." Uh, Peter Johnson said it was brilliant. Loved the, the uh, uh, loved the disguise on it. And Colin Squires made the point that after that free kick, keepers aren't actually going to know which way Punchin's going to go on free kicks. So perhaps gives him even more of an advantage there. Sorry, go on it. Yeah, just booted Eagle in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. Said Punch usually has a better second half of the season. Let's hope he can have a full one next season as he'll be superb. And Lions550 said if only Punch had a right foot, he'd be worth squillions. And that's uh, messy. Uh, room for improvement. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, obviously that was on 42 minutes great time to score finish the half easily the better side and what was really pleasing is we came out in the second half and dominated from the start it just we went as, as Pardew called it we went up a gear from the kick off you saw Liverpool throwing players forward and nearly straight away they got we were nearly caught out there was a quick interplay Ledley Schmack and Chong Yong Lee ball ended up with just running away from Ledley at the last moment as he tried to control it for a strike just in the, on the, almost on the penalty spot basically so I think that set the tone and I knew it was going to be an exciting game I honestly expected Liverpool perhaps to be a bit more dangerous in attack, but they weren't. Um, shortly after that, Ledley Chance punch and had a run and shot that was high and wide. Probably should have played in Lee, but obviously we'll let him off considering the level of performance he put on. Um, just um, There was a moment, and again, another thing worth mentioning in relation to Kelly, I think. Uh, once again, it was Henderson. Coutinho lifted the ball over the defence. Uh, Henderson had managed to get goal side of... Um, of Suarez to um, so Suarez couldn't quite make a challenge. He got across and was sort of physically jostling him, but couldn't actually get in there. And again, Kelly just came out of nowhere and knocked it away. And, and for me, that's two goal-saving interventions. So you can forgive that first half error. He's made up for it, um, in my view. And again, that just just to underline the fact that he had a pretty decent game. But this is the point I want to talk about Suarez. Noticing noticeable for me that in the second half he was growing in confidence. He was actually winning quite a lot of headers uh, direct off Mignolet's kicking. Um, but he was controlled and he was aggressive in his defence because um, we've seen that aggressive side to him before. You know, it doesn't, doesn't take any nonsense, but he was really controlled with it. Getting forward, and, and I just thought it was comfortably his best performance for, for Palace. And I know you look at him closely as well, Patrick. What do you reckon? You know what I like about him, Chris, is when he gets down the line, he puts the ball in very quickly. Do you know how Wilf and uh, Yannick always have to take another step or whatever? I love it when he gets to the byline, he puts the ball in very quickly. Mm. I agree with you. He looks much better defensively. He has not made those rash challenges that he made in the first couple of matches. He's definitely growing confidence. I think he's going to be a very good signing. And like I said earlier, I like the fact that he gets forward. That gives a, a, another option as, a, as an outside you know, attacking force. With, you know, when you have Wilf 
and Yannick to not play like yesterday. Wolf didn't start. You've got uh, Suarez on the other side who can get forward. So I really like how he's developing. Alex, I think the game was kind of built for somebody like Pap Suarez because we played. Yes, we played Punchin out wide and we played Chung Lee out wide. But they're naturally players that drift in, and we saw that because they're not out and out wingers. You know, we spoke about Chung Lee. He played right midfield as opposed to right wing a lot of the time for Bolton, and that's kind of a. A, a position that's kind of fading out really right midfield it, it tends not to be played unless you're kind of like Mick McCarthy or someone like that but mm. you know the, the, they were quite tight and it was allowing so much for Pap Suarez to go and, and have that freedom because Liverpool couldn't get in behind there because we had so much kind of going forward that yeah. Gerrard was getting deeper Henderson was getting deeper I think I, I think he's better and I think it was definitely his best game um, I still think he's a, he's a fair bit off off this level you know I think at times um positionally he's kind of in no man's land he's always kind of looking shoulder to shoulder to see if he's in the right place at the right time but I do think he'll be a very good signing I love like Patrick highlighted there that quick ball into the box with somebody like Murray in the box we're going to score goals if you hit that to his head first time his crossing needs to become more consistent because it's either really hit or miss one will be perfect or one's going to go you know the top of the homes down and and I think with playing games and, and gaining confidence he's going to be a really good signing for us I'm, I'm really excited about him I wasn't at first after mm. about five minutes wiping out an Arsenal player in a penalty <laughs> area but but now now I'm quite excited about him yeah that's good to see I, I you know I was expecting um, a bit more of a scathing assessment there but it's good to see if you're getting excited about him Alex then uh, certainly the signs are very good indeed um, but you know why it's because the question is to Murray that's the, well, that's the key yeah. right, Alex? <laughs> I can see the goals to Murray that's it exactly no problem <laughs> I'm selfish um, Nick just a couple of comments that came in about punching just after um, just after we sort of moved on there I, I noticed if you want to cover those from the chat room I thought I'd already said them, Chris. Did you? All right. Yeah. I, I must have missed it. It was, I missed, it was the, to be honest with you, it's the, um, the Cool Eagle one. Um, well, the Punch and Warnock thing affected his early season form. I must have just missed you saying All oh, right. Sorry, no, I didn't, I didn't do that one. Uh, Eagle 67-64 said, Punch's floor is when he defends. He gets back but takes risks that cost us sometimes. Um, on to um, Soiree. Again, another attackive-minded player, isn't he? And he's <laughs> he's trying to get the ball forward as quickly as possible, but not necessarily hoof it. Hello, yeah, Delaney. He, yeah, he, he is he is one to move the ball forward quickly. Um, like I say, I think almost from day one, there wasn't really a problem with him going forward at all. Um, but, you know, I, I suppose other than the fact that it was him getting back quick enough. And I suppose if you look at the first goal we conceded, there's a bit of that there. That he actually stops running back um, as Dan goes in for the challenge. Um, obviously, Dan's challenge doesn't really work. If if he carried on a full pace running back, there's a chance he might have actually got in there to prevent Lalana. But like, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't I sort of don't want to uh, sort of drag it back to that. Really, it's you know, it, it was a very very positive performance from Suarez, and, and that I think you know when you when you're looking at the players like him who are, who are actually getting stick, who are developing and playing to a good level, that's a really good sign for next season. I have to say, uh, the next major piece of action. Um, from where we, you know, in the second half, from what I was talking about previously, um, Schumacher actually headed um, down the wing for Balassi. Uh, he cut in right for the right foot and drilled in across, and it hits um, Skirtle square in the arm. Um, penalty. Penalty. Clear penalty. penalty. Thank you. Penalty. Same yeah. as last week. Yeah, if that's a pen- if Scott Dance was a penalty, yeah, it, it's a clear penalty. He actually moved his arm. He's well, he's got his arm out. It almost like he's got his hands on his hips, which is a bit of a strange yeah. position to be in, anyway. So that's unnatural unless you're pretending to be a teapot or waiting for someone. 
Um, <laughs> Good line. But, um, sorry. Well, you're not likely to be doing either of those things on the football pitch. That's, yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, because it clearly happens. But then to compound it, he just decides he's going to stand on Chuck Young Lee's feet uh, within two seconds of doing that anyway. Penalty. So and that was clear penalty. No, clear penalty, penalty. Yeah. yeah. So we actually denied two, yeah, two clear penalties by the same player in the space of two seconds and we get neither. Um, it's impressive, though, isn't it? It's impressive how long this act can carry on for. <laughs> well, it did, it did carry on for quite a while, but I'm sure we're going to come on to it later. But this kind right. of... Let's see how long it can take not to give Crystal Palace a penalty for a clear <laughs> exactly. penalty decision until right. somebody does something. Yeah. And it's clear. And the FA are going to be disappointed in John Moss, let's face it. He's ruined yeah. their game. Um, I will say this now. Someone has told him in his ear, probably the fourth official, you've had a bit of a mare there, John. Um, even, <laughs> even, even by your standards. <laughs> you, <laughs> your you've made, you've, so when do you next get a chance to I give a Palace a penalty? penalty. penalty. Just, <laughs> even if it's just near the area, it's a penalty, all right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyway, look, the response to that, which, which I really did like, was just to keep playing football. Um, Yannick was actually drifting left and letting Lee run inside a lot more. It was causing so many issues. Punching was a little bit quieter, but he still linked play brilliantly in the middle there. Was a bit closer to um, Ledley and MacArthur. Um, MacArthur, in particular, covering a huge amount of ground. So, it was we just building pressure, keeping the ball and making Liverpool look, you know, look like the side that they were, a really poor side. Um, you know, and, and Liverpool could not get in it at all. Um, go on, Alex. Just, I just really want to highlight what you've just said there about how these players kind of moving inside, interchanging and things like that. And that make, just makes me so kind of pleased. I know it's such a small thing, but we started punching out wide, yet all his effective work was inside. Blassi started out front and all his best work was kind of on, on the wing. And it's just so nice to kind of have that creative freedom in the final third that we're not used to, that we didn't see last year. And when we've got players like punching, we looked last year, he was great for us, probably kept us up with his goals, but now we can see how good of a footballer he actually is because we can utilise what he's good at. And having the players that we've got, it's so nice to let them express themselves and free roam and, and play this wonderful, wonderful football. And it's just it's so nice to see. And it's the little things people don't think about. But the way that, you know, Punchin's drifted out there and, and come inside and Chung Lee's here and there, and it's just so nice to see. Well, yeah, I mean, and to illustrate that point, really, um, actually, no, go on, Patrick, I'll illustrate it afterwards. An excellent point, Alex, and that's the thing, Chris, you know, we've talked about the thing with Yannick playing, in, but I know I see the ma method behind the madness why he's doing that. It's because he wants to give teams different looks. He wants to give Yannick this opportunity to play up front for a little bit and then break, break outside and then dominate like he did yesterday. So as much as I was upset about seeing Yannick up front, I definitely see the reasoning behind it because, like Alex said, it gives us so many more options when you can put Yannick up front than Yannick um, out wide or punching in the middle and punching out wide. You know, it's just it's unbelievable and it's great to watch. It really is. No, completely agree. Yeah, um, but like I said, to to illustrate the point, the next the next big chance we created was um, uh, basically the um, Shemakit was, was again he played Balassi in uh, this time that Balassi and Lee had exchanged positions once more, and it was Balassi who had gone central and Lee was out left, and you know Balassi actually slid. Uh, it's where he slid Chong Yong Lee in, and he's sort of in the box. And unfortunately, he's had a bit of a nightmare with the shot. You know, screwed it well wide with his left foot. But again, Liverpool hadn't even picked Lee up because, you know, there wasn't there wasn't anyone marking Balassi in the centre, let alone anyone marking Lee. They just didn't know where to pick the players up. They committed all these players forward, and and they just could not cope with the movement at the top. And 
and it's, it's the fact that we that the interplay and the interchanging of positions is so quick as well. It's it's so quick that by the time the camera has panned right and left, players have completely swapped positions. So how you know how how the opposition team are going to cope with that? I really don't know. But it was great to see. It's obviously very hard to keep up for ninety minutes, and and we didn't. But in you know this key moment in the game in the second half, we were we were just too much for Liverpool. Um, and obviously Lee, it, it started to tire as well. He was really promising. We, we talked about him already. Obviously, physically, he did seem a touch off the pace, and it was the right decision, uh, as it proved, to replace him with Wilf on 58 minutes. Wilf's impact, 22 seconds, one touch, and a goal. Um, obviously, great piece of play down the, down the side by uh, Yannick. He flicked the ball into. It was, it was Dan at this point, wasn't it? He flicked it into. Yes, it was. Brilliant reaction by Dan. Who, yeah, just, one, just flicked it back to him, effectively excuse me, wide on the right, drilled the cross in, slight deflection off the skirt, and I think it was Wilf at the back post to knock it in. Uh, it did hit Kelly, but he was, <laughs> he was actually in the goal at the time, so you know he didn't, didn't affect the decision for the goal being offside, because um, he was in a slightly offside position. And, you know, if you look at the, the analysis, Wilf was just beyond the, the line of the ball. He was obviously beyond the defenders, and there was a lot of people saying, oh, it was obviously offside. It's actually the line of the ball that matters, and he was only only part of a foot was in front of the line of the ball. So in a, in a sense, you can give that. You can give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. And with certainly the luck that we've had of late, it's um, certainly great to take <laughs> it. But yeah, so why don't you put that in your pipe and smoke it? <laughs> John Moss and the rest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, yeah, <laughs> I, won't, I won't expand <laughs> on that point. <laughs> uh, but it's obviously, yeah, Nick, you haven't spoken for a while. Great to see Wilf tackle that one away, wasn't it? It was. It just watching him wheel away, so happy. And it was mm. uh, at the end that um, the Palace fans were out as well. Um, but it, it, it was just, just Balassi made it again, didn't he? And they must have thought when uh, Wilf came on, oh, God, this is going to get even harder because uh, the. The Wolf goal was fantastic, but it was a little bit later on where Balassi and Wolf were both on the same side of the pitch, and the, the Liverpool players looked so scared. But oh, it was yeah. brilliant that we got a goal from open play because I was beginning to get a bit worried that that we only seemed to be scoring from from set pieces. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. That it was good. It was good to see that that goal come from open play, and, and let's say it was a very good move as well. Um, I think was it was the is he the left back for Moreno? Is it? Moreno, yeah, better yeah. uh, He was on the pitch for eighty-six minutes and didn't win a single tackle. Brilliant! That's, <laughs> That's a great stat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised you lot are surprised. The bloke's a bloody joke. But yeah, obviously Brendan Rodgers only signs top-class players because the next next Pep Guardiola. Sorry, I yeah. keep forgetting that. <laughs> Saved English football. Sorry, guys, I keep forgetting the Premier League wouldn't be the same without him. Hashtag God. Sorry. <laughs> You're right there, Alex. You seem to be having some emotional issues. <laughs> I, th- I think I think Brendan Rodgers will be after what he's seen in the last few times he's played Palace. Um, I'm not the one. I'm not the one with a fragile mind. <laughs> I think um, I'd, I'd like to get Brendan on to answer your criticisms. I think it'd be a good show. Let's work on it. Um, anyway, Alex so- Rogers, Rogers. <laughs> That's a good title. Anyway. Um, so at this point, obviously, we've gone 2-1 up, and it's richly deserved. And, and honestly, you can't see another winner there, can you? Uh, you look at the chances that we'd missed, you know, the, the penalties that weren't given, and we could have been out of sight. You know, you, four, five, 
six one. You're talking. It could have. It could have been absolutely unbelievable play. Um, Liverpool made changes. They tried to get back into the game. Couple of spells of pressure, and obviously we talked about Gerrard's free kick and his wonderful left-footed shot. But he did have one good shot. Um, the one shot he got on target. Um, Hennessy made it look pretty easy, and it wasn't exactly well hit. But it was hit from um, you know behind a few defenders, and it was it was curling from way outside the goal, just just inside the near post. It was a good save for Hennessy, and you know nice to see him actually make a, a, a good save. Um, you know, and when they, when he was actually challenged and had a chance, he um, you know he dealt with it well. Um, so I think I think it's fair to say that that you know there was only one way that the game was going. Um, Palace a constant threat. Liverpool, you know, they just left gaps everywhere, even in their better spells and. If you look at the final chance, really, that sort of sums the game, the game up. You know, Wilf skips away from the challenge of Emre Chan and Lucas dives in. Fouls him, definitely fouls him. Okay, Wilf's waiting for the foul, but um, and it is, is outside the box, but John Moss does his thing, gives the penalty. Uh, we've already talked about why that is. Uh, take us through the penalty, Alex. Uh, I knew this was going to happen. It was, um, it was a bad penalty, but it was very good movement to score the, uh, to score the rebound. Yeah, it was, uh, and that's what I want to focus on, obviously. Left-footed, no panic, slides it straight in. Of course, uh, there's never any panic with Glenn Murray. There is 45 goals for Crystal Palace as well. He'll get to 50 next season. Yeah, he could even do it against Swansea, who knows. But <laughs> Next week. <laughs> <laughs> if it was up to me, he would. But, um, no, I thought I thought he looked all right when he came on. Didn't he really did, get yeah. Didn't yeah. game much, but it was a very poor penalty. But it's a bit of a shame, but um, it, it's strange though, isn't it? Because his penalties are either really like really smashed as hard as he can, or kind of a feeble back pass. <laughs> yeah, he misses a lot. I remember us talking a couple of years ago to Peter Ramage and taking the Mickey out of it, um, saying about how many hat tricks he could have had in that season if he hadn't missed so many right. penalties. That was it's quite an amusing conversation. We got penalties did. that season, though. At least we got them that year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This year, they're out to get got. us. Sometimes we got yeah. them when they weren't penalties. <laughs> yeah, like yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I, I think the penalty, it was the very least we deserved um, and it was great to see uh, Murray tuck it away after it was saved um, and good that he could celebrate in front in front of the fans and you know, you can tell he really enjoyed that moment. Um, let's sort of end the analysis by talking about the, the, the refereeing situation because um, we we've had some contact a couple of times about, you know, now we've had this situation, are we going to stop talking about uh, big club bias? So I mean, I've got my view on it, and I think I've said it on Homestead Online earlier. But what um, what are your views? Did we see any actual big club bias? Play when we were playing a big club. Did we see that today? Yes. Um, yes. So what, did we think? Do you think it was less obvious, or do we see it more when we're looking for excuses slash reasons for a loss? What do you think, Alex? I think I, I think when you lose a game, you're always going to look at the referee's performance. I think that's only natural. But you can't say that there wasn't a referee's bias yesterday. There was two penalties inside of two seconds, and he didn't give either of them. Um, and he only gave the penalty, like we said, because he's probably felt the pressure of, of actually, I've made a massive mistake. I've got to kind of give this. Maybe he did kind of give in finally to the stick that he's probably going to receive from people like us. Um, and I'm probably going to write some thousand-word essay on why he should be sacked and along with Mike Riley but you know it, there was a bias because he didn't give those two clear penalties when he was in a perfect position to do so for me that's a, that was a bias I think if that was against us I think that would have been a handball I just, I just genuinely believe that yeah no, I think that's, that's a fair comment and I, my, my point I was trying to make on, on Homestead earlier on was that the big club bias isn't about 
a referee necessarily anyway about a referee starting a game and thinking well I'm definitely going to give all the decisions to the big club or that's that's what I want to do today big club bias is about the the sort of almost the subconscious fact that you, your referee is going to it's an easier decision for a referee to give a decision in favour of a big club because the analysis will be less you know it's the, the 50-50 ones isn't yeah, it it is exactly right. that Exactly that, Alex. It's all about thinking about the consequences of oh, if and that's the problem. That's the thought. Must be the thought process. If I give this, you know, more people are going to say this. If I give it against United than I do if I against little old Crystal Palace. And it's true. If you look in the media when things, you know, you think the other week who was it? Uh, Fellaini elbows Mila Jednak like eight times in one yes. game. Now, if you look, obviously, no excuse for what Jednak did against. West Ham, but he got trialed by media there, didn't he? It was let's let's take this bit, let's just show it again and again and again. Let's force the FA to act. This terrible thing happened. Blah 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 blah. And Fellaini, it's not even mentioned. It's not even mentioned that he did it. Um, and that's that's the sort of thing we're talking about. And that's an example of of you know if a referee give you know that's what he'd be bearing in mind. Okay, if Palace do something bad, gotta make sure I catch it. If you know, if this Man United player does something bad, I can kind of ignore it and it will go away and I will talk about it. That kind of thing. It's, you know, it doesn't work for every single situation. There's no, that's the thing. It's not, um, because it's, it's almost inconsistent and you can point to individual decisions in games like against Liverpool. You can point to the penalty that was given for us in the 93rd minute when the game was dead. You can point to that and say, oh, hang on, this John Moss you've always slagged off as a useless referee. Well, he is useless, but look, he's given you this penalty against big old Liverpool in <laughs> Steven Gerrard's game. Do you know what I mean? You can point to something like that and say, oh, it doesn't exist. But we know better, don't we? It exists and we're going to keep it doesn't make them. It doesn't make them any less useless either, just because it went our way. It doesn't <laughs> exactly. make the decision any wronger. And that's, and that's <laughs> the key. Nick, that's a great point. The thing is, the refereeing, um, refereeing is just really poor. And you're absolutely right, Alex. When it's against us, obviously we're gonna we're gonna get upset. But it's just it's just overall it's just it's just poor. It's not getting in bed. That's guy. That man, the referee, never cup final in two weeks. I feel sorry for Aston Villa right now because they're gonna they're gonna get no they're gonna get some horrible calls and he's gonna be he's gonna do a very bad job. The guy the guy is a might get penalty bad. outside the box though. So hey, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or I'm not um, not gonna call back. <laughs> penalty. Uh, Nick, Nick, I'm aware you need to go shortly. So, anything you're going to round yes. up from the chat room before you do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to make a dubstep track out of that one day. You wait. I'll be on top of the pops and everything. Cool Eagle 89. Um, just wanted this to kind of reflect on such a great result yesterday. Um, when I trudged out of Celeste on Boxing Day, I would have never believed that five months later, I think we have only deserved to lose one game since Hull. We have been amazing, thanks to Pards. He's right. He is right. Okay, well, we're going to uh, gonna close this off with a bit more chat, but if you need to go, shall we say bye now? Yeah. Yeah. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye. 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 See you next. See you later. See you next, see you later, yeah. It's a good way of saying bye that. Well done, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you too, Nick, for joining us today. Um, we're very close to the end of the show, but a few more things to discuss before we do. Uh, obviously, that was a, it was a great win, a great, great win for us, a brilliant day out for the travelling fans, which I should have been one of. Damn it. Um, but the question I've got to ask you, gentlemen, uh, before we get into some forward reviews and closing off some other contacts, is 
What do you want to see for Swansea? Same again. Murray back, Wilf back, Jedidak back, Delaney back. Start with I, you, Alex. I just think we're in a, in a wonderful position now that we can afford to experiment. I'd like to see um, certainly um, Haran Boating. I'd like to see him uh, at some point, even if he's just on the bench, even if he's just warming up, just being involved. I know he's a player that, that Mr. Pardew rates very highly. Um, Hennessy, definitely again. I'd stick with the same back four. Um, I, I think just keep it very much the same. Um, I don't think we need to change too much, but you got. I think you've got to carry on playing Shamak. Um, mm. Maybe another game for Chung Lee. You know, he needs all the games he can get. I wouldn't change too much, but I'd like to carry on kind of this experimental feel. Isn't Chung Lee the female character from Street Fighter? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, probably probably not going to give her a game. It's, um, probably Lee Lee Chung Young Lee. I'll probably keep in there. Um, alternatively, you might see a bit of a Soleil Kai Kai. What do you think, Patrick? Yeah, I noticed that he travelled up yesterday. Uh, Soleil didn't get a chance to uh, get on the bench. So I would love, Alex Dobatan, I'd love to see Boateng and Kai Kai both play, but I know it's asking a bit much. So I'd be very happy to say the same exact team that played yesterday with some maybe different subs on the bench. Um, but again, the experimenting thing didn't work for me, but after that win yesterday, I don't care what he does to, uh, against Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I'm just happy. I needed one more win to get, you know, before the season ended. Because it was, you know, I was feeling really bad about losing to the, you know, those 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 teams that I really hate, like Liverpool and Arsenal and West Brom. West Hull didn't bother me. West Brom obviously got the Pulis effect, and obviously Man United bothered me. But no, the whole loss. I don't. I don't have a problem with Bruce as much as other people do. So it was really the more the the West Brom and the. May night losses that really bothered me. So yesterday was so great. I don't care what he does next week. You can do it. Let, <laughs> let Alex play next week. And you and Amber can play. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm nursing an injury, mate. Otherwise, get in there, Amber. Come on. No, me and, me and Murray out front would cause issues. Oh, brilliant! What a yeah, just different kind of issues than most people are thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> just out of interest, I'll ask you both this question: When you saw the lineup, did you did you for a second think you would we'd win in the way we did? We'd play the way we did? I thought we'd play without fear, which we did, which, well, which we did, and we usually do. Um, but you, you don't really know what to expect when you see a side like that. It can kind of go either way, and I think I was feeling that after the first twenty minutes or so that crap, Gerard's going to score, and then we're going to lose four four nil probably. Um, that was kind of the emphasis, but we fought back in typical Crystal Palace fashion. And I'd just like to say, looking at, at the goal scorers, um, we've got Wilf scored one, Punchin scored one, two boys from Croydon, Crystal Palace at heart, Glenn Murray, a player who had his career written off you know, very early and has proven that he's a Premier League striker. The way that we won that game is everything that Crystal Palace stands for. And that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing that I like to take from that result is that it proves that it's not about going to spend millions and millions of pounds from abroad. You can bring players through your youth. You can take players that have been written off and giving them a chance can win a football match. And I think we proved that. And I think whenever you've got that kind of spirit and that kind of belief that you'll stand a chance in any football game. Yes, great, great sentiment, Alex. I have to agree with that. Anything you want to add to that, Patrick? Uh, not really. I just want to say, uh, again, I, I wasn't sure what to, what to think about when I saw the lineup, But I will say that whenever I've seen Punch and Shamrock in the same field, they've been brilliant. And I just like the way we're playing football now. So yeah. I think that um, just to see those, you know, see, see those guys on the field at the same time, it's you know, Yannick, the way he's playing. It's just, it's just a great time to be a Palace sport. And really, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely happy. Right Excellent now. stuff. Well, I can just echo, only echo those words. I've got nothing else to add, so I'll use the words of other people now. A uh, few tweets to round up. CPFC Northeast got in touch again, pointing out that if Newcastle beat West Ham and Palace win next week, we get an extra 2.7 million in prize money. So, still plenty to play for against Swansea. 
So, you know, nothing, not turning those up at 2.7 million, really, is it? Uh, Colin Squires talking about the penalty. Um, that was a penalty, so was the foul on Lee. That's why Skirtle confronted Lee to deflect the fact he'd caught him. Yeah, shouting <laughs> stri- right. in the face in of him. Face. Oh, you <laughs> diver! Uh, yeah, penalty! Your penalty! <laughs> penalty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a forward review in there from Benny McLaren that's come in late love ruining Scouse parties like that one and uh, Mike Timms saying that he loved the irony of us playing two Scouse centre-backs at Anfield two of their own which is good to see what a that cheek rounds, what a cheek what, indeed what so that rounds, cheek of us <laughs> oh, by off, the way um, go on uh, Mike Tim just had a birthday happy birthday Mike happy birthday Mike proper maverick defending behaviour <laughs> maverick the Thanks, cheek mate. of it Mr Pardew <laughs> Well, Alex. <laughs> uh, just to round off the four-word reviews, Neil Kite, almost perfect away performance, and Palace love ruining parties. Johnny Esther, not the Johnny Esther, has gone for Jason Punchin for England. Is this a library? And uh, one that I can't read out because he's used a word I can't read, use. Uh, Tony Johnston has gone for Stevie G, hit for three. He's used Stevie G as one word, which is cheating. Tony, well done. Uh, Chris Bateman has gone for We Stopped the Party. Lynn has gone for a tactically flawless game plan. Uh, Jake EBO has gone for party poopers yet again. Um, and only one Jimmy Little. I don't know who that is. Who's Jimmy Little? Anyone? No idea. Brilliant. I've probably read that out and it's probably one of his friends and it means nothing Friend. to anything. <laughs> <laughs> I will read anything out, honestly. Um, Dave has gone for brilliant Gerard party poopers. Ian Earwicker has gone for title crushers party poopers. Lots of party poopers being talked about here. Uh, ben Smith, pardon, you should start dancing. That penguin dance he does. I like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Palace Talk should have scored six with a smiley face. I like that. Uh, DR Kern has had to be us in the crying, laughing face. Um, ben Fleury has gone for farewell present for Gerard. Uh, Josh Nadarajan, good name. It's gone for Wilf, Yala, Punch, Gods. Joe Acton, I'm already half cut. It was possibly my favourite because <laughs> he sent that really soon after the game. So he's got drunk nicely, nice and quick there. So well done to Joe. And Tom Goodwin with We Follow No Script. There's plenty more, but I'm going to stop reading them now. Thank you for, to everyone who sent those in, of course, and obviously for all of your contact. Today is much appreciated. Um, so, uh, just a little plug for what we're doing next week. It's our final show of the season. Uh, as far as I'm aware at the moment, we're not planning any kind of summer specials or anything like that. So you're going to have a bit of a break after next week. But it should be something pretty spectacular. What we've arranged to do is to spend the Swansea game, both before, during and after, in the basically unused Sky TV studio that sits between the Homestale and the Arthur Waite stand. So if you're at the game, you'll be able to wave at us in there. Um, I'm not sure if we're allowed to take drinks in there, but we're going to try, I'm sure. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, there'll be a bunch of us in there. We'll be trying to do some uh, in- interviews before, uh, during and after with various different people, including fans. So if you're about, you might see one of our idiots running around with a tape recorder of some sort or something. Tape recorder. How old am I? <laughs> Honestly. <sighs> would have to have Alex on the show when I've used the words tape recorder, wouldn't I? Why? Just, you don't know what one is, do you? You've never seen a tape recorder. It's all digital for you now, isn't it, you damn kids? <laughs> no comment. On that note, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening today and putting up with us. Um, great win. Loved celebrating it in style with this wonderful show. <laughs> so uh, cheers to Nick, cheers to Patrick, and to Alex, and to Mikey for producing. And uh, 
cheers to myself we'll see you uh, next week Bye. <laughs> TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.